Sister Mary, it's good to have you back. Continue to pray for her as she recovers from hip replacement. Pray that all that therapy goes well, and before you know it, she'll be running up and down the halls. All right? Uh, Brother Mike, good to have you back. Brother, did you, get a big, did you bag a big one? No, sir, I did not. Oh, there you go. You'll get one. You'll get one. Our brother went on a hunting trip to North Dakota. Uh, that's one thing back home we're taught to hunt. I remember as a very young boy, I think I was probably maybe nine or ten, going out with my grandpa. Grandpa gave me this old pump 12 gauge shotgun, and uh, he didn't tell me that it kicked like a mule. And the first time I had an old Spike come in front of me. I raised that old gun up and I fired. That thing knocked me down. <laughs> Anyways, he, he came over there about 10 minutes later. He said, well, I don't see no blood. And he's looking around. I said, Grandpa, man, that gun kicks. He goes, well, did you aim at him? And I said, yes, sir, I aimed at him. He goes, okay, where was the deer? And he sh I showed him. And he looked up by this tree and he goes, my Lord, son, that thing's 10 foot tall. He goes, no wonder you missed that deer. So uh, anyways, that was my first recollection of hunting as a boy. But we are taught to hunt. So uh, if things get bad, follow me. We're going to get some meat. Yeah. Amen. We're going to get some meat and some fish. We might grow a little corn, turnip greens. But uh, anyways, we're glad you're here this morning. Turn to the book of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And yes, if you would please stand. Luke chapter 1, we're going to... Start with verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him. From generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He has he hath holpen his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And verse 56 says, And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time that we can assemble and worship you. Lord, we just pray now as we break the bread of life that you'll bless your word and 
Lord, you'll open ears and hearts to receive what you have for them this morning. I pray for myself that you just give me the words to say. I might preach with boldness and authority and proclaim your truth this morning. May your Holy Spirit speak to our hearts and deal with our hearts, Lord. If there's one here that needs to move for whatever reason, but especially concerning salvation, may the Holy Spirit convict and bring them to repentance before it's too late. I love you. I praise you and I thank you for this privilege and honor. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Of course, everybody knows this time of the year. You know the story. Mary was a virgin. She was a spouse to a man named Joseph. She was pregnant. And this wasn't no ordinary pregnancy. You see, the child she was to bear was not ordinary like me or you. He was God. He was the Messiah that had been promised to come. And in this, she sings a song of praise. This is a song, believe it or not, of Mary. And of course, she's over at her cousin Elizabeth's. And by the way, everybody knows who Elizabeth was, right? Her and her husband were going to be the proud parents of John the Baptist. But she has a song she's going to sing. And that's kind of what I want to speak to you about. You know, we sing lots of songs this time of the year, don't we? Concerning Christmas. And, and I love Christmas songs. I do. And I'm going to tell you, there ain't no sweeter words you'll ever hear than from this song that Mary sang concerning the promised Messiah. Beautiful words. This is considered the Magnificent. Uh, it's a Latin word for my soul. Look at verse 46. My soul doth magnify the Lord. God chose her. Think about that. God chose her. But you know, he's chosen us too. He's chosen us to be saved, to be a part of his family. So with that said, let's get in to the message. First thing I want us to look at is she sang of a personal Savior. And let me just say, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And Mary, even though God chose her, and you know, she was lowly. She wasn't anything special in our eyes, or as the world would say, but God found her faithful. And he chose her to be a vessel to bring the Messiah into the world. But understand something about Mary. Mary, I know that she's worshipped in different circles. She's the mother of God. We can take our petitions to her. And because she's so close, she's the mother of God. He's gonna answer, she's going to answer our prayers. Understand something about Mary. Mary was born in sin just like you and me. Mary was in need of a Savior like me and you. And she, yes, God chose her. He showed her favor. But she still needed a personal relationship with Christ for salvation. And I wonder this morning, do you have that personal relationship? Because if you don't, you can. But she had 
to be saved. And she's praising God for the Messiah that was promised was going to be born. How many of you believe that Jesus was virgin born? Do you know there's a lot of folks out there that don't? They've had, quote unquote, some highly educated idiots say, no, it's impossible. I don't care how many degrees you have. I could care less how many you got on the wall. If you deny that Jesus Christ is virgin born, you're an idiot. You know why? Because the word of God is true. It says that he was born of a virgin. The Bible was prophesied that birth in Isaiah 7. And one thing about God's word. When God says something, he does it. It's always true. And just as the Messiah was promised to Israel that he would one day come, guess what? God kept his word. Just as he promised that one day he would come and receive us unto himself, he's going to keep his word. Just as he said, he's got a mansion waiting for us in heaven where we will live forever with him, he's going to keep his word. So, don't doubt. Don't be a skeptic. So many skeptics out there. Now notice what it says. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. So Mary had to be saved like you and me. She had to have an intimate, personal relationship with Christ. And beloved, there's nothing like an intimate, personal relationship with Christ. And yes, although this is a song, it is a great song concerning salvation. I'm telling you, there's nothing like singing about being redeemed. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Nothing like it. And I'll go ahead and say it. This time of year should be every time we assemble. But this day, time of the year, we should sing with all our might praising God for a Savior that would come, live a perfect, sinless life, die for us, redeem us, deliver us from the bondage of sin, and give us a home in heaven. We are to sing like we've never sung before. Again, she sung of her personal relationship with the Lord. She was thankful. Have you ever thought about poor Mary? You know, think about it. Used to, it's not that way today, but used to back, especially back then in biblical times, if a woman was with child, not being married, everybody talked about her and they treated her and they scorned her. Now today, it's a different story, isn't it? Today, you can be pregnant by different men. You can have six, seven babies and not a word is ever said about marriage. 
God help us. And you young teenagers, you listen to me and you listen good. If you have relations with a girl before you're married, you are sinning, you are committing fornication. If you are married and you're sinning outside the bonds of matrimony, you're committing adultery. And God will hold you accountable. You won't hear that down the street. But you'll hear it here. Because that's God's word. Now, let's go back to Mary. Think about it. She scorned. People probably treat her as mean and as nasty as they can. But yet, here is Mary. In her heart saying, oh, my soul doth magnify the Lord. You see, she didn't choose this. She didn't do it to earn salvation. She was just a willing vessel that God appointed to bring the Savior into the world. We are to shout. Amen. Understand what Christmas is about. You know what Christmas is about? Oh, it's about the Savior coming into the world. Yes, but it's about the faithfulness of God. That's what Christmas is all about. God is so faithful to us. And notice what it says. For he hath regarded the low estate of the handmaiden. Behold, from henceforth, and all generations shall call me blessed. And believe me, yes, God blessed her. But she still had to come to Christ like me and you. She still had to be saved. And we don't worship Mary today. There's only one that we worship. His name is Jesus. Every knee should bow. Every tongue should confess that he is Lord. He is the only one worthy of worship. And if you're worshiping any other thing, then you're not worshiping him. And you're going to be held accountable. Notice what she says. For he's regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. And holy is his name. He is holy. But let me just say this. Notice she's talking about the Lord's blessings. When I think of what Jesus did when he came into the world. What he did for us sinners by sacrificing himself on the cross. And then after we coming to him. And by the way, any of us can come to him anytime we want to. As long as we're led by the Spirit. And by the way, it's God that's going to convict your heart and draw you to him. But when we come, he will save. He will save. But after you're saved, we all can attest to the fact that God's blessings don't just stop there. God's blessings are new every day. In fact, every day, he continues to bless us in some form or some fashion. Every day. I am truly blessed and so are you, if you know the Lord as you're saved. Turn to uh, 
Oh, Psalm 68. Psalm 68. Real quick. Let me share something with you. Psalms 68. Here we go. Well, I'll find it. Thank you, brother. Is that in the Old Testament? Okay. Psalm 68. Look at verse 19. What does it say? Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Salah. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us up with benefits. Blessings. Listen, if you are able to breathe this morning, praise God. If you got clothes on your back, thank God for that. Praise the Lord. Got a roof over your head, you're not sleeping under an underpass or in a cardboard box, you are to praise God. If you've got something in your belly, you are to praise God. If you have the Lord's local New Testament church to come and fellowship and worship and serve in, you are to praise God. Those are daily blessings. Sometimes we forget. You know what's going to break my heart? It breaks my heart every Christmas. Knowing that I have family and there are others that I know in this world that on Christmas they don't give the Messiah a second thought. They don't want nothing to do with the Lord. They don't want nothing to do with church. They just pass gifts off, eat a turkey dinner, and that's Christmas to them. But for us that are redeemed, we know the real reason. Amen? It's a shame. Notice, go back to our text. Luke 1. For he that is mighty has done to me great things. And he has, think about it, he went to the cross and sacrificed himself for us. And then it says, and his mercy is on him that fear him from generation to generation. You should understand about the mercy of God. It never runs out. You see, this is the age of grace. And as long as it is the age of grace, the Lord is willing to save anyone that calls upon his name. Now, one day the age of grace will be done. It'll be too late. But now's the age of grace. And from generation to generation, listen, when Jesus died on the cross, that didn't end his grace. When Jesus died and rose again, that didn't end. His grace is still available to all today. And it'll remain that way. Aren't you glad? God commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I'm so thankful. You see, from generation to generation, it's never stopped. 
So send a friend. You still have time, but only the Lord knows how much time's left. So take advantage. Think about this. Apostle Paul said over in 1 Timothy 2, who would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there's one God and one mediator between God and men, that man, Christ Jesus, the Lord, who gave himself a ransom. Think about that. He freely gave himself for you and me. What a Savior. So as we remember his incarnation, his coming into the world, be mindful. He did it for us. And I'll ask you a question. Who are we that the king of glory would be mindful of us? We're nothing special. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but yet Christ did it because he loves us. What a Savior. What a Savior. So yeah, we have something to sing about, do we not? Notice, it says, For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. I am so thankful that he didn't come into the world just to die for the rich or the affluent. No, he came to seek and to save that which is lost. I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. But because of his sacrifice and his love for me, he saved me. And he saved you if you called upon him. You see, he came for the lowly. Can you remember him being born in a stable, in a manger? He didn't have a whole lot, did he, here as he walked on this whole earth? He didn't have a lot of comforts. And here's the thing, he owned it all. It could have all been comfort, but no, he left the glory and portal of heaven to come here in a lowly estate, estate to live so that he could redeem us and he would know how we are, who we are, and what we are. Think about that. It's amazing. But it didn't come to redeem the rich and the special. He came to redeem the lowly. And let me just say this. He's willing to save anyone. That doesn't mean he can't save you if, if you are fluent. It doesn't mean he can't save you if you are well off and rich. He can save anyone. But you must 
be willing to come to him. And that's the problem with the world today. They're not willing. I wish they would. But understand this. Sinner friend, if you're under the sound of my voice this morning and you die and you go to hell, understand, you're going to go to hell and Jesus still loves you. Because he died for you. And you won't be able to point a finger at him. He did everything that was necessary. So it's up to you. It's up to you. Now, Mary's singing, of course, about her personal Savior, but she's also singing about God's providence, his mercy, his, his grace. That's what we're reading here. It's the grace of God. And what I love about the grace of God is it's never going to run out until he says that's it. And his grace far exceeds what you and I could ever think or do for ourselves or for anybody else. That's the grace of God that brings salvation. What a Savior. What a Savior. How many of you are thankful for His grace? Paul said in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any Man should boast. As I said earlier, Mary didn't do anything to earn this privilege or earn her salvation. You and I can do nothing to earn our salvation. Can't do it. It's purely the grace of God. Through faith, the simple act of trusting and believing. Pretty simple, isn't it? You wonder why God made it simple? Because he knows us. Amen. He knows us. We just have to trust him. And then notice what it says. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent empty away. He has hoping. I see that word and I can't help but smile. My grandmother used to say hoping all the time. She'd say the Lord's hoping me. Okay granny you mean helping you know hoping me. Okay granny. Alright. She goes it's Bible. She got me there. It is Bible. That was one of her words that she always used. Hoping me. He is hoping his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. She sings about her salvation. She sings about his grace and mercy. Now she's singing about his faithfulness, keeping his prophecy that is going to be fulfilled. You see, Israel had cried out and long awaited the Messiah to come. In fact, it was the hope of generation to generation. And Mary is praising God for him 
fulfilling his prophecy and his promise that the Messiah would come. But listen, the sad thing is Jesus came just as it was prophesied, but the Jews didn't accept him and receive him. Therefore, God extended salvation not just to the Jew, but to the Gentile also. Now listen, the Lord is not through with Israel. One day, they're going to be gathered to him. But right now, they're still waiting. I have only one thing to say. He has come and he lives. Now one day he's coming again. But it'll be the second time. It won't be the first time. They're still, you can go to Israel today and you can talk to those Orthodox Jews that are there at the Temple Mount praying all the time, doing this in front of that old wall, writing down a prayer, putting it in the crack of the wall. You can ask them and they will tell you what they're praying for. What are you praying for? Messiah to come. You just want to, boy, I'd like to just hit you upside the head. He's already come. You just need to recognize he has come. But they won't do it. But one day, according to the scriptures, they will recognize who he is. And they'll ask him, where did you get them wounds? And he'll say, I got these in the house of my friends. They'll recognize him one day. But she's praising him for his faithfulness. And as I said just a few moments ago, the Lord is faithful to you and to I. Again, his word is true. Y'all believe that? Do you believe this Bible? I believe it. It's set. I don't ever doubt this. As long as it's written in these pages, I know it's true. I know it comes from God. He's faithful. He ain't come to call us home yet, but I believe he's coming soon. I won't give you a date or a time, but I have enough sense to know I've read the book a time or two. And he says, when you see these things, know it's at the door. Folks, I've seen a lot of things, and I'm seeing more and more things. He's coming, because he said he would. If he says, as I said, if he says he's going to do something, you don't have to worry with God. He does it, and I believe him. Again, he is faithful. See, this is what's sad. Instead of rejoicing about the faithfulness of God this time of the year, lots of folks depressed, lots of folks just, they dread the holidays. And I know there's insinuating circumstances, and I can understand, you know, this is going to be, again, Thanksgiving was our first holiday without pop, now this is going to be our first Christmas without pop. And yeah, it's, it's hard 
But you know what? We don't let our grief keep us from rejoicing in our Savior because we know where Pop is. And believe me, all of those saints that are with the Lord, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to be rejoicing. So they should be our example. We should follow their example and rejoice. But here's what's sad. Because folks are so depressed during this time of the year, they literally hate to even see the day come. You can do that if you want to. It's your choice. But I'd much rather rejoice in my Savior who came into the world for one specific purpose and that was to die and redeem us and reconcile us to God. Then be depressed. Not wanting to rejoice. You say, well, what do I do if my sister's depressed or if my mother's depressed? You pray for them and you be the light. And you encourage them. Listen, it may look bleak, but he's faithful. You're never going to be alone. He's with you every step of the way. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Turn to Isaiah. You want a promise from the Lord? Turn to Isaiah 43. And I hope you've got this marked in your Bible. Isaiah 43. I think I said 53, didn't I? Did I? Okay, good. I'm telling you. Getting warm in here. My brain stopped when it gets over 70 degrees. Isaiah 43, 2. Listen to this. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. What a promise. No matter what I face in life, he is there. He's not going to leave me stuck. He will see me through no matter what the circumstance. Why? Just what Mary was praising him for. Singing about his faithfulness. He was faithful to the children of Israel. He came just as he promised. And he's faithful to you and me. So remember that child of God. I'll close with this. This Christmas season isn't about gifts. It's about the gift. It isn't about trees and presents and Rudolph and all that nonsense. It's not about that. It's about God sending his son into the world to provide redemption. And Jesus accomplished that 2,000 years ago for you and me. And if you're under the sound of my voice, you truly don't know what Christmas is about until you know the Lord is your Savior. 
So why not come and let him save you? Why not truly know that he is the reason for the season? Give your heart to Christ. Again, it's still the day of grace. Anybody can be saved today. But one day, time will run out. It'll be too late. And yeah, I know you can be saved during the tribulation, but why would you want to wait and go through what's going to happen? Oh, you know, things are bad in this old world, aren't they? I was listening to a reporter and she was talking about, you know, when Palestinians went over and to Israel and they killed all them kids and they were raping women and the savagery, savagery, breaking hips of women that they raped, tearing them apart and cutting off babies' heads and burning. Listen, that's savagery. That's awful. That's evil. That's just evil. But understand, as bad as all of that is, it won't compare to the tribulation period if you're left behind. So, sinner friend, I'm telling you, you better come to Christ. Because if you don't and the tribulation takes place, the church is raptured and the tribulation takes place, chances of you getting saved are going to be few and far between. I'm not saying you can't be, but why wouldn't you want to come now? Because if you do get saved in the tribulation, they're going to take you out. That's if you survive. If you survive all of the judgments. So please, in close, let's sing the song that Mary sang. Let's praise the Lord continually. May we offer a sacrifice of praise with our lips unto God. And that's what she did. Are you willing to do that this morning? Would you stand with me, please? Let's have a song, Brother Bob, Sister Holly. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for this little old top water message. But God, thank you for your word. Thank you for... Speaking to our hearts this morning, Lord, I'm so thankful that you're faithful. I'm so thankful that you came into the world to die for me. Lord, I know who I am. I'm just an old, lowly sinner that you sacrificed yourself for. And Lord, not only for me, but for the whole world. There's one here this morning that doesn't know you as Savior. Let this be the day. There's one here needs to make any type of move as the Spirit directs during the invitation. Let your will be done. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.